Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. Hi, Lauren Grace here, and welcome to The Afterlife. And I'm joined today by Kara Daniels. Kara is the founder of Deep Root Connections, a space where earth, animals, nature, and spirit are all intertwined, alive, and communicating. She's an animal communicator, a channel for nature, and collaborates with the spirits of the land to heal the land we live upon. Her goal is to co-create, coexist, and heal Mother Gaia by mixing the physical with the mystical, live in a magical life, and help you to do it too in the most down-to-earth way. Total goosebumps. Well, she <laughs> offers earth consciousness healing for land and home to help kickstart the healing process, uncover the spiritual life of your property, and help you connect with the spirit of your unique living space. She facilitates virtual workshops for anyone with an open mind and open heart who wishes to empower themselves by learning how to communicate with the seen and the unseen, foster a deep connection to the land, and enter a more magical existence. And if there's a more beautiful bio, I would love to hear it. Kara, thank you so much for being here. I love your bio. Today, we're going to be talking about land healing by working in partnership with the consciousness of the land, including the trees, the fairies, and the gnomes, plus the spirit of place. And I've got my little fairy book here, my Doreen Virtue fairy book here, ready for the conversation. So Kara, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So we have a lot to get into today, and I got to say, I love that you're wearing a beautiful dark green because I really feel like that's in brand with uh, with the work that you do. So tell me a little bit about how your spiritual journey kicked off. Have you always been connected to, let's say, Mother Gaia and all of her wonderful creatures and non-creatures, physical and non-physical beings that connect with her? Tell me a little bit about where it all started off for you. Sure. It's... It's been a lifelong journey for me. Um, if if I just had one quick story, I would love to share it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it truly has been a whole life of just exploring. Um, when I was really young, I was one of those kids that really just walked to their own tune, you know, always lived in a magical world, regardless of where everybody else was, dancing with the wind, hanging out with the caterpillars and butterflies. And like, I grew up in an urban, in an urban environment. So to really deeply connect with nature, like that's what I did. That's how I stayed really connected. But when I got a little older, when I entered into school, it's like, oh, I'm weird. <laughs> like I don't quite fit in. <laughs> and it was just like this whole turmoil from I think when I was about six years old until my late 20s, where I was just like, I don't fit in. I realize this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put myself into a mold. I'm going to do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was always innately connected to the land, to nature, and animals kind of came forward first because I had a lot of companion animals at my house. We had turtles and rabbits and dogs. And my mom was a science teacher. So we kind of just took on the animals that her students didn't want anymore. So we had oh. a ton of animals <laughs> and I just adored them. But um, I took the more 
I don't know, expected route in my career. I went into biology and conservation. I studied wildlife bi biology specifically thinking I'm going to be a biologist. I'm going to save the wild animals. I'm going to do something important. Like that was always kind of my underlying goal was to just help people coexist. And I was so mission driven and I had such a force behind all of my actions and my decisions, but it's like, I don't fit in here. What am I doing here? Why, why can't I make this work? And so after 10 years of just trying to fit into that scientific world, I gave up. I was like, I'm done. I don't know what to do. I have this like ingrained thing in me pushing me forward and it's so powerful, but I can't listen to it anymore because it's ruining my life. I can't hold a job. I literally have, my, my resume is awful. My formal resume is about five pages long of just job, 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 because it's like, this isn't it. This isn't it. Like, where is this mission that I'm supposed to be doing? So when I gave up, this cat came into my life and she's like, hey, this is what animal communication is all about. And I thought, oh my gosh, the animals can actually talk to me. So that kickstarted a whole process of learning animal communication which was about like a two-year deep dive. How to do it? Can I replicate it? And then how can I do this for people around the world? So I opened up shop as a professional animal communicator and I thought, yes, this is it. <laughs> this is my mission. But once I kind of pushed through the barriers of like, is this real? Am I good at it? Is this going to work? It's like once I hit my confidence level, the fairies started coming in. And at that point, I was working with my animals and spirit as guides. And they were like, well, now it's time for you to go talk to the trees. And I was like, I can't talk to trees. What are you talking about? And so about six months later, it's like I could feel the trees and nature calling me. And it was like such a strong pull that I closed up shop for a day. I took myself on a hike and I was like, I'm just going to go see what this is all about. I'm just going to go for a hike. No expectations. And then about five yards in, not I'm, I literally parked my car and was like, I'm going to go for three miles. And I saw this tree and I was like, yeah, I got to go sit by that tree. And then this tree started talking to me. And I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> this tree's talking to me. And so it kind of just, you know, one layer after the next just began revealing itself. And once I started talking to the trees, the trees introduced me into the really the deeper levels of fairy and gnomes and working with the land. And so that's kind of my very condensed long version of how it all kind of built and became what it is today. And it's just like, I've just been learning from all of these different beings and kind of combining my formal science background with the magical mystical background that's kind of now my life oh that's so beautiful I can't wait for your book to come out because I'm sure it's going to be a very exciting story and I can see lots of images and things like that in there um one of the things I do want to ask you there's about a thousand questions I have just on all your stories and I know that you know today I really do want to remain focused on the topic at hand because it's so fascinating connecting with the land um, I do want to talk to you a little bit. I just felt really called to, to speak about the idea of being empathic for a second, because I don't know about you, but for me, I didn't know I was empathic until a couple of years ago and I'm 40 now. So that's a long time to not know that you are empathic. 
And I guess that I really wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I think that as somebody who's so connected to to animal spirits and, and to nature as a whole, that you would have been very impact like you are born empathic but I meant that it would have been something that would have been really significant for you growing up do you remember when you started to understand or realize that you were feeling emotions a little bit deeper that you were taking on maybe even the the feelings of different environments that you were in or maybe when you're you're taking on these animals that are coming to you through your mom through school that maybe you feel that the pain that some of them have gone through or their story. Do you have any kind of recollection about your first experiences, understanding or, or noticing that? Yeah, I think I truly honestly didn't recognize that until I started formally communicating with animals. And it's like, yeah. now my life makes sense. But in yeah. hindsight, always. I, I now I know always I could feel their emotions and I just intuitively knew what they were thinking and it's like this is like I remember having a snake one time this beautiful snake Harley and it's just like I could tell right before he was gonna molt before he showed any signs because I could actually like feel his skin starting to change oh and it's like yeah it, it just weird things and it's just like oh this little bird has a hurt wing and I can feel the pain in my shoulder, you know, like I could feel things and emotionally just, I, I had no idea until later in my life, unfortunately. Yeah. But that being said, you know, when you were talking about being a biologist and working in that career for quite mm -hmm. a number of years, you know, I was thinking about how, you know, spirit has a way of almost like setting us up for success to do our mission later. And sometimes we have to go through like for me right now, I really connect to you in a lot of levels because it's kind of like we have these skill sets and we're going, oh, I can talk to the animals or I can do this or I can do that. But it's not really hitting all the box, ticking all the boxes necessarily. But all of the experiences that we've had up till now have sort of been almost the ingredients in the recipe of our life, which is us finding our purpose. And I would be really surprised if you didn't leverage off of a lot of the things and the knowledge that you gain from that experience to be able to navigate, you know, your career working with the land, especially now. Would you agree with that or any thoughts? Yes, absolutely. In fact, when I was doing all of the wildlife, like the biology and the research, I questioned everything. And it's like, this doesn't feel right to me. Mm. And now it's like one of my main missions is to like where I live, for example, we have a lot of human wildlife conflicts. And it's like if we could incorporate animal communication to mitigate this or find a compromise, you know, by giving the animals their voice, because I understand their perspective, but I also understand like their biology and all of the different intricate layers that they have and then the land needs. So that's one of the things that I am incorporating with my work now. And it's just like, now it makes sense why I had to go through all of those stages to combine yeah. it together, to be as useful yeah. as I possibly can. And you were totally yeah. right with that. It's like, we had to go through that to get to where we're going. Totally. And you know what I'm hearing like from you, what you're saying as well is like, you also need to be able to connect and speak and communicate with people who think all the mystical and the magical stuff is a bunch of, you know, woo woo BS and don't, you know what I mean? And don't see that. So it's sort of like a really interesting position that you can be in 
where you can play almost both sides of the field. And it's interesting because I'm a medium. So it's the whole raising the vibration to meet with spirit. And I feel like you're a medium as well, almost in a different way where you're kind of bringing the left with the right together, the human with the spirit, the human with the soul. Yes, that is exactly it. That is That sums up exactly what I, I have learned is my mission is like, I've got to be right yeah. in the middle. I've got to bridge the gap for all involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for our listener at home, I'm sure they've been on the ride with us for a while, um, you know, and the show here, but I always like hearing, you know, different people's perspectives on when they're talking to, to spirit, for example. So let's go back to the situation where, you know, you started interacting with this cat and realizing you could communicate with this cat. Now, how does that actually show up for you? Were you present? I mean, connecting with your energy now, I will tell you that you feel like you're very grounded, like you're level-headed, like you're really in the present moment. So it's probably not a huge stretch for you to be able to be aware of your environment. Whereas many people, myself sometimes included, I've I'm like back in the past or in the future instead of noticing what's happening here in the moment. So a cat coming to communicate with me would probably take me a few more times. Mm -hmm. So how did it show for you? Did you all of a sudden get downloads of images or voices? Mm -hmm. Did you hear a voice in your head that sounded like it, it was relevant to this cat? Was there that connection with eye contact? How did it show up for you? Yes. Oh, I love everything you're saying. Yes. So for me, this kitty, I was wondering what her name was and I was just sitting with her and her kittens. She had a bunch of kittens just sitting with her. And I looked at her and I thought, I wonder what your name is. And it like pierced my brain, her voice. It was her voice, definitely a different voice. I'm very clairaudient. So most of the information I get, especially when I was first starting out is through words and sentences. And so she just gave me her name, Samantha. And then all the little kittens around too started chirping <laughs> and I could hear their little tiny voices tell me their names too. Uh, so that's how it comes in for me more often than not even still, mm -hmm. because that's the skill that I've honed is the clear audience. And so I consider myself like a, a, a conscious channel. And so I can just very easily write down or record everything that they're saying. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I know that, you know, I started this show uh, two and a half now years ago or something like that. And I, although I've been on my spiritual path, you know, for 30 plus years, I never really paid much attention to whether I was clear audience or clear. I never really understood those terms. Like I had to learn them. I never understood that there was this whole world that was kind of happening around me that I was in, in, in it, but I didn't really know, you know, we're like trying to navigate life as a human without awareness sometimes that there's this whole other thing happening around us. So when you first started connecting with Samantha and her kittens, did you find that all of a sudden you'd opened up and you were understanding that there was a communication happening with you all of the time? Or was that sort of happening innately? And then Samantha kind of helped you to really see it a little bit more clearly or hear it a little bit more clearly. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. So when I was younger, I distinctly remember hearing voices. And then that kind of faded away. And when she came into my life and started talking to me, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is happening again. The voices are back. And it's just like, okay, and it's no big deal. I was not surprised. 
it actually felt really natural for me. But what happened was it's like, okay, can I repeat it? And so I actually had to go through quite the process of learning how to raise my vibration and do it and communicate like intentionally because I couldn't do it on cue. I knew I had been already, that made sense to me, but it was like to actually intentionally do this on demand was quite the learning process. And I really struggled with it for a very long time because it's just like my logical brain got in the way. Yeah, I was doing it, but it didn't make sense. And then the messages I was getting didn't match the group, like the practice groups that I was in. I'm like, why is the information different? So I, I went through about two years of just like trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to you on that level because I started mediumship last year and I, I worked with about 40 clients for free before while I was practicing. And it's been the biggest test of trust ever, you know, because you just have to deliver what you get. And I think it's such an interesting experience when we deliver what we get without adding this story. And it's the separation of those minds. How do you raise your vibration? I would imagine that spending a lot of time in nature, you would naturally mm-hmm. already be quite high vibe. Yeah. Um, I learned how to do some tapping, which really helped. So uh, the food I was Yes, it helps all the time. I do it regularly. And I also started meditating. And while I am not an advocate to sit and meditate because I still really suck at it, I had to learn how to turn off my mind. That was my biggest key. So I started listening to guided meditations Mm -hmm. and really, really, truly grounding myself because I, I didn't used to be grounded at all. And when I started listening to guided meditations, it's like I made it five seconds if I was lucky without getting distracted. And so I really challenged myself to kind of just learn how to be present, turn off my mind and just like enjoy existence. And so that was kind of my key. Um, Otherwise it really was just like when I'm out in nature to be present, to be intentional and methodical Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, peak bagging, like hike up to the top of the peak instead just enjoy the wander, you know, let your intuition lead. So for me, it was really just a matter of slowing down and learning how to turn everything off and, and notice the little things. Mm, So good. So after you started connecting with Samantha, this whole world started to open up for you. I know you talked about exploring, you know, animal communication and doing that. And then you started to be aware that, wait a minute, there's also the trees that I can connect to. And there's also the whole world of fairy Did you find that you were attracted to fairies as a kid or was this? Yes, me too, because I'm listening to um, this book right now called Lucky Bitch, which is so awesome. I totally recommend it by Denise Duffield Thomas. And um, she's talking about the chapter I just listened to was talking about purpose. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that she was talking about was when you're wanting to find your purpose, it's almost starting to look back on the things that you did as a kid or that you put yourself through. So for example, for, for me, I was always drawn to fairy books and I used to play in my backyard and play witches in my backyard and concoct all these things and all that sort of stuff. Right. So uh, for me now, looking back on that, I can see that there were all of these little indicators that the spiritual path was totally where I was going to be headed. So how did it show up for you, your first connections with fairies or did you see them? Did you dream about them? Did you have like, you know, a real connection to, to the the fairies that we see in stories? How did it show for you? 
Yeah. So when I was a kid, still in my magical little world, I, I swear I was a fairy. Like that's what I resonated with. I was like, obviously like I'm a fairy. This is just how it is. Yeah. And I would look at the stars and I would wish upon them. And I was just like, I know that that's my home. I just was so connected with the stars. And mm-hmm. so to me, it was just kind of my existence. I always believed in more. I never really saw anything or experienced it because I think it was just like, it was a natural energetic flow for me. Yeah. And I didn't have to see them. It, it just was. So I I feel like when I was younger, I merged with that energetics almost 90% of the time. And then when it came back around after I closed it off and reopened, it was like, this makes so much sense. Yeah. And, and I almost got so giddy because it's like, oh my gosh, these I energetics, I totally get it. But the skeptical mind in me was just like, no, yeah, we're too mature for that. We can't go there. And I'm like, yes, we can. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, while you're saying that I'm like feeling that that's part of the reason of embracing the inner child and why that's so important because that logical, serious mind comes in and says this fantastical world that you want to live in and you know like running around and like you know your hair blowing in the wind as you're like connecting with all of the animals and the spirits around you is like not real it's a movie but mm-hmm. when we actually tap into the inner child and we allow ourselves to dream we allow ourselves to be who we are and i wrote down when you were speaking there i wrote down the word belonging mm-hmm. Because I think that's a big part about it, isn't it? It's coming home to yourself without worrying or needing to justify yourself to the greater masses or our friends and family even. It's just being authentic, isn't it? Finding your own home within yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly really what it is too. It's like once you're willing to go there and be okay with it, yeah, it feels so good because it's like, I don't have to worry about fitting in anywhere because I know in my heart- I am me and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And that's exactly how it felt. Now it's just like, I feel like I can fly like I did when I was six. And it's like, it, it's a beautiful feeling. So let's talk a little bit about your connection with the land. So the land is a massive topic. I mean, like, obviously it's a big deal. Yeah. The All the things that are happening in the world right now, um, you know, like when I'm, even saying that now it's almost like I can tap into the wailing sounds of different regions and different areas. So when did you start to feel a connection with the land? Talk to me a little bit about when you first started connecting with the trees, for example, that might be a beautiful way to start. Sure. So I met my tree guide on that walk I mentioned earlier, and I have been leaning into him for a really long time. He has been one of my acting guides, but I never really talked about it. I didn't really know why anybody else would want to talk to a tree. You know, that was just kind of my own personal thing that I did. And then I was prompted to start talking to more trees and share their messages. And the more I did that, it was like, well, the more people you're connecting with, it's like people started asking me questions. Well, how is this tree feeling? How is this tree feeling? And then things really started to kind of seep further into the earth. It's like, well, this tree is not doing well because of this, this, and this. This is how you can help it transition. This is what's going on with it from a physical and mystical perspective. And so it's like things just started kind of coming together 
And then the land itself started talking to me, like the gnomes and the fairies would come in and the guardian spirits of place, they would start talking to me like, well, hey, this is what we need to do to help here. And it's just like everybody started talking to me. And it's because I opened my connection with the trees and started working with trees kind of in my local landscape and then working with friends and, and other people that were coming to me. And it's just like this whole thing began to unravel. I love that you were working, you know, like in a, in that corporate job doing, you know, all the stuff you're doing. And then you started the animal communication, which helped you facilitate your experience with trusting and connecting mm-hmm. with your guides. And then that opened up the door to going, oh, wait a minute. When I hear a tree talking to me, I'm not questioning that because I know how to channel now, or mm-hmm. I know where the information comes in and, and how it's different. I can discern you know, it's different from my head voice versus my heart voice. So what did you find that some of the trees messages were? Mm -hmm. It kind of depended on who I was talking to, where they were, if they were more domesticated or more wild. So their messages kind of span the whole gamut of really um, biological to really magical and mystical. So for example, I think it was a rhododendron, which was a shrub. My friend called me. She's like, my my shrub's dying. I don't know what's going on. And so this little, I call them rhodies, this little rhododendron was telling me why she was dying and what I could do to help her transition. And she was like, yeah, I'm not going to make it. These people are peeing on me. My soil is super contaminated. Like I'm not strong enough to withstand this, but I'm siphoning negative energetics from the land and I'm going to hold it in my body because I don't want it to leach back out. And she's like, I'm trying to raise the vibration of the earth. And what you can do to help me is when I die, like I'm going to channel all of this energy into one branch. Can you please have my mom burn that one branch? So it gets transmuted and doesn't go back to where it shouldn't like where it doesn't belong. And I thought, Oh my gosh, it was incredible. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we did that. We did find out and confirm that people were peeing on her and she didn't make it, of course. But so it was like this whole process of like, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm helping the earth. This is how you can help me kind of fulfill this and finish it. So that was one example. Other examples are like the trees, what their mission is. Some of them are here to keep an eye on humanity, see where our consciousness is kind of per location, and then report back to the elders essentially to be like, okay, this is where they're at. This is what they're responding to when we communicate with them. And so they are creating basically an action plan on how to get the attention of the people. And so some of the trees have like their formal jobs as their names like this one I was talking to was the seer and he was the watch eyes and he would report back to the elders to kind of share what was going on and then you have the elders that kind of make the action plan so there's like this whole spiritual side right (laughs) and they act as portals I mean we could really go down a rabbit hole here but on a more practical level some of them just you know want to share what the soil is doing how we can revitalize the soil if it's kind of needing a little extra nutrients. They can talk about the health and wellness of an entire ecosystem. They can talk about their ecological function, what they're doing that we might not even recognize on a biological aspect, their medicinal property. I mean, truly, these trees know everything. (laughs) It's incredible. 
And I think that like, well, it's not only is it incredible, but it's the interconnectedness of it all, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's that it's that the tree over here is connecting through the root systems to the tree over here. But then if we also don't look at it in that way, if we look at it from a spiritual point of view as well, I mean, humans, we've created space and time. We've created those distances, which are really real. I know people are always surprised when you can do like spiritual readings over zoom. I'm like, yeah, but it's mm-hmm. just energy. I could just tap into someone's energy the minute they I get permission to do it. Right. So I love that, you know, there's that interconnectedness. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you, we definitely have to talk about the portal thing. I mean, whoa, <laughs> but I remember yeah. I learned a long time ago, a couple of things that I wanted to share with you and see what your ideas were. So my partner and I, we bought this property uh, a couple of years ago that we're, that I'm, we're in now. And I remember saying to like making an intention to say to the guardians of the land here. And I just said, you know, if you feel like we're the right people for it, please, can you help it? all happen smoothly and we'll take really good care of you and all that sort of stuff. And it was just like the most easiest transaction ever. So I really feel like we had their permission where people are building or moving to or living. How important is it? Do you think that they make an intention to connect with the guardians of land to understand that there's these systems that were in place before they, they got there. Mm Hmm. Oh, this is such a heartbreaking topic for me. Um, It's extremely important for people to recognize that there's other life forms out there that we might not be able to see, but they are working on our behalf. And so some of the first readings I did, I connected with the overarching spirit of a landscape, which is like the overseer of a whole space versus just like one property. They have their own little Uh, collective unit there but then you have like an entire landscape or a valley for example they have an overarching guardian and I would connect in with them because they were the ones that stepped forward because the rest of the group all the other elemental beings kind of were scattered and displaced because of the development and so this overarching guardian would come forward and they literally you could feel their sadness and they were just like we just want to help people but we don't know our place anymore and everybody is getting displaced. And so it's like, I could literally see them collecting all these spirits of the land and trying to harbor them until they knew what they could do. And so it's like, we just want to be recognized. We just want to be honored. We we need to know our place in an evolving location. And so a lot of them are sad, which creates an overarching sadness and energetics with the space and a lack of vitality. And so just to even communicate with them as a homeowner, yes, I have a new house. Yes, I know that there's like building all around us, but like I recognize you. If one person even just recognized that there are other beings there, that would really help them, help us and help themselves. So it's like a co-creation. I think when you're mm-hmm. when you're open to the idea that maybe we aren't just humans living on earth and that that there's more that's possible. Uh, I love that you're talking about that acknowledgement. And Mm -hmm. and I would say that, you know, in general, many people wouldn't be acknowledging because they just wouldn't maybe be there yet, you know, in their own journey. Mm -hmm. So do you think that there is, and I kind of was curious about whether or not you feel a bit of a responsibility because you're so tapped in to sort of 
giving the acknowledgement and maybe you do that through story. And when we have these conversations, we're, we're helping to bring these ideas up to the forefront, but, you know, do you think that there's a responsibility of people who are understanding the connection to maybe share the, like give the acknowledgement to understand, you know, to maybe send healing or send love or like, you know, talk to the different, um, different, I guess, spiritual systems that are there. I don't know how to kind of generalize and summarize everything in like one word, but. Right. Yeah. I think even if you're, you're not even a believer, but you're just like, I feel like it's the right thing to do. I mean, all you have to do is just send love and say, thank you. Mm -hmm. And just show some, show some gratitude. And that really helps revitalize them and fill their cup back up so they can in turn, right. Give it back to us. It's like this whole cycle. And so I think if anybody's out there, even on the cusp, just go for it. Who, wh- there's no harm that can be done by just saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to recognize that there could be more out there and I'm just going to say hi and say thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. learned, I don't even know who taught me this. I can't, I don't remember who taught me this, but I, I learned it probably about six or seven years ago. There was this beautiful, I don't know if I read a book or something, but the idea was that you would find a place on the earth, any place, and that would be your special little place to send healing. And so I have this place in my mind, you know, that I've always known for, or that I've known for many years. And whenever I remember to do it, I just send healing and love to that space. Have you ever heard of that idea? I haven't specifically heard of one space that you're drawn to. No, I haven't. I really like that though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember I drove by, it was like an indigenous community and there was a um, it's like some indigenous housing. And I remember seeing like a playground that wasn't really taken care of. And it just looked like it, I wanted to just send it love. So everything would grow and prosper there. And I've always just felt drawn to, to that idea, because I think sometimes when we look at life and we look at all of the different causes and all of the different, you know, things that we want to help be a part of and heal and we've got our own journey. And then we're also navigating human, you know, being a human and all that sort of stuff that it can be a little bit overwhelming at times. And I think that sometimes, at least for myself, it's important to be able to not necessarily look at all of the problems and all of the things, because I think it, we just can't really handle it. But when we can laser focus on a couple of things that are within our control, I think it becomes a little bit more manageable sort of, because when we look at all the things that are happening in the world, like it would be overwhelming to think about it all at once. It would be almost debilitating really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Just kind of focus on the things that you can do and are comfortable doing and try not to get overwhelmed with everything else going on. I, it's such an easy hole to go down and not be able to come back out of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not really filled with hope sometimes, is it? Yeah. No. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about connecting with tree spirit a little bit more. And I I love this idea because I've always been somebody who's been able to see faces and things. And, you know, sometimes I'll see a face in something. And I remember a little while ago, I took a photo of a leaf and I could see the face within it. And I sent it to my friend. I said, here's a fairy. And she goes, is that what a fairy looks like? And I thought, oh, well, okay, maybe it's not really the best representation because when I saw that though, I felt that energy and I feel like for my own experience, it's all I can talk on, of course, that that when I see faces, sometimes it's definitely the the soul, the 
the soul or, or the, um, you know, the energy that I'm, that I'm tapping into, but I think sometimes what it is as well, it's like a little bit of a, like a gift or a little bit of a sign to be like, Hey, remember we're all around and showing me that in a physical way. So what are your experiences with connecting with tree spirits? Let's say, and if you want to bring in the fairies, of course, that may be an appropriate conversation to have, but do you see faces and things? Do you, how do you kind of, I guess, connect with them? Is it just feeling or, or is it hearing? Mm -hmm. It's all of the above. (laughs) When I am really intentional about going out into a place, asking specifically if there is somebody that wants to present themselves to me, they usually do. And it's usually through physical, like the wind will start to blow when I'm getting close. Um, Sometimes the sticks or cones will fall and quite literally hit me on the head if I miss them. Uh, usually it's like a pull and I, and I'm so heart-based that for me, it's like a magnet. My heart just kind of magnetically leads me to whoever is calling me in like the trees, for example. Um, and then usually when I get there, sometimes I see faces and sometimes I don't, it kind of just depends on the type of tree, my personal mood and what they want me to do or what they're trying to show me. But one of my favorite stories is, I was in one of my favorite spaces. It's such a magical spot. And I was just going on this beautiful walk in this old growth cedar grove. And all of a sudden it's like, I need to go off trail and I need to go this way with no explanation other than like my heart's telling me I need to go there. And I enter into this really bare patch of dirt. All of the trees were in a complete circle. Nothing was in the middle, no growth or anything. And it's like, I could just feel a portal. It was the craziest thing. I literally wanted to face plant into the dirt because I was like, I need to go in that because I could just feel fairy energy. And it's like, I saw swirls of all of these different beings like Pegasus and unicorn fairy gnomes. Like I saw this whole vortex of all of these different beings swirling there. And then all of a sudden It was like, I felt a tap on my shoulder energetically and I had to turn around. And when I did, this huge tree was right behind me and there was this face just staring at me and he was smiling and I was like, I see you. (laughs) And so it was like this magical space. It's like the tree was there. There was a face. I could feel all of the different energetics and that truly was, it was a really potent place, but it was just like one of those moments. (laughs) I feel like the tree was like, welcome, Kara, you found us. Yes. It was like, welcome. Now go in, go into the portal. <laughs> you you belong there. Let's talk about portals. I mean, I remember I was uh, listening, uh, I read the book. No, I think I listened to it. It doesn't matter. But it was like about the seven kinds of spirit guides. It's a really good book. And, you know, one of the things she was talking about is that you want to be aware of when you're connecting with fairy about portals and things like that, and that they're not all meant for you. <laughs> So can you share a little bit about your experience? What is a portal, for example? I mean, is it exactly what you're talking about? Can you face face plant into it and all of a sudden show up? And I've read a lot of Outlander, by the way. So I will say that I'm very familiar with stone circles and portals and things. Yes, I love Outlander. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so kind of the way that portals, how this is how I understand them, of course, is Mm -hmm. that they are basically a gateway into other realms for better or for worse. And yeah, some definitely are accepting and high vibrational and really great to enter into. 
a lot of them like connect into the different realms, like the fairy realms and different realms within Gaia. Um, some of them enter into the star realms or other, you know, it, it covers the whole spectrum. It just kind of depends on what kind of portal it is. This one in particular was kind of interesting because I was with a friend and she and I both were like wanting to face plant in. Well, she decided on her own that she wanted to visit and dive in on with her astral body to see what was going on. And she was like, I got kicked out. <laughs> I didn't feel terribly welcome there. And it's like, okay, I want to try. <laughs> you know. So I went in and I was, I looked around and it's like, oh, you guys are not terribly welcoming. Oh. I'm out. And I just popped right back out. And I was like, it was kind of weird, but I, I don't know exactly why we weren't welcomed when we were so drawn to go in. But, oh, you know, maybe you felt the energy of that place. Mm -hmm. But I mean, just because we're drawn yeah. to something doesn't mean it's for us. Exactly. Yeah. So I always like to err on the side of caution when I just kind of casually <laughs> jump into portals. Mm -hmm. But um, like I always take my guides and my team with me just in case. And I, there's like this whole safety measure that I have. But yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like if you feel them, like sometimes they're just not good and you don't want to go in there, but usually you can kind of sense that with your energy. Um, yeah. So. When we're talking about connecting with, you know, the fairy kingdom and, and tree spirits and mother Gaia and energy and all that sort of stuff, I'm really thinking about the co-creation and the collaboration aspect that we have, you know, understanding that we're we're not just here on our own, that we, that there's this whole system that's there that's meant to support us. And some of it may be taking a portal to experience a healing or a new way of looking at the world. And some of it may be just, I have a tree on my property, for example, that I hug mm -hmm. on a regular basis that I've always felt drawn to. And no disrespect to the tree, but it's probably not the most beautiful tree on the property either, but there's something about it that just draws me there to really have that communion with it. What do you find um, in your experience, Mother Gaia, tree spirits, you know, the gnomes, um, fairy kingdom can help support us with? Like, you know, you talked earlier mm -hmm. about how they're here to help us. You talked a little bit about maybe processing negative energy and the like. I have heard before that fairies can really assist with manifestation, but it's a big part about that exchange as well. I know um, I had some flowers in my house a little while ago and I, the, after they had run their course, I took them out and I gave them to the different corners of my property. I was like, here, this is, you know, giving it back to you, giving it back to you. Mm -hmm. So how does it kind of work for you? Are there, yeah, any thoughts on all of those subjects? <laughs> Yeah, that's, I love that you brought that up. So that's what my earth consciousness healing program and land healing is really all about. It's what beings are on your property or in your space, whether they're trees, stone beings, gnomes, like whoever is there, like, who are they? How can you work with them? And how can you co-create, right? Yeah. Because they can help us with our gardens. They can help us with our soil and they want to, they desperately just want us to remember and be able to co-create with them. They have so much information, but it's, it is kind of a give and take. So for example, like I have a gnome in my garden and he's kind of cranky and his name is Frederick, but it's like, I see you there. Help me with my garden. What can I do to revitalize it? It was full of toxins and weeds. 
And so just to kind of give one, like one story is like, he helped me navigate how to address the severe overgrowth of noxious weeds without using chemicals. He how did he do that? Because I'm taking notes. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's hand pulling is the best. Of course. I was like, no, you don't have any good insight. He was like, you got to get rid of it. But what he said too was like, just keep using natural layers. Like, um, I guess there's a formal method called the, the lasagna layer, but it's like you just kind of keep overlaying natural materials until it kind of just starts to break down and become soil again. So it's just like layering, layering, layering. So I never did anything with the weeds except for just pull them and leave them. Yeah. Oh. Pull them and leave them. And I just kind of let them degrade. And then I used leaves over top of it that I just raked up from neighbor's yards, placed that down so the weeds wouldn't grow next year. And then I would plant the native flowers in that space and they grew and there were, I mean, there were weeds the next year, but it's like everything began to flourish and it really wasn't that hard. It was just like, yes, you have to do the actual physical work up front. But on that note too, he was like, I'm doing this in the ground. Like I'm releasing a bunch of the toxins and negative energy. And then he gave me an assignment. Like you have a singing bowl. That's really high pitched walk around your property, help break up this energy. We can move it faster. And then we can find something else that we can do. That's a little bit more productive. So yeah, it really was just like this. Okay. I'll do what you say. You know, I'm happy to help you, but you got to help me out here too. And so it was like this whole relationship building and we both just worked with each other and it was so much fun and it was so enlightening. And it's like, now I have the most beautiful garden and I work with him regularly and it's wonderful. Is he still grumpy? Well, I think that's just who he is. <laughs> you know, he, he's softened yeah. over the years with me. He was like, oh, you're back. Hey. But before he just really, he was like, why are there cows next door and they're poisoning the water and I was like, I can't do anything about that, but let me help us here. Like, let me help with what we can do. Um, That brings it back to what we were talking about earlier, isn't it as well? It's almost like, I don't want to say staying in your own lane, but I can't think of another scenario, another example, but it's, it's kind of being responsible for your own environment, for your carbon footprint, for your, you know, your own, the way that you're showing up in the, in the world. So how important is it, do you think, to be able to co-create with the fairy kingdom and and the the land that, that you're on? I mean, do you notice a difference now that you, I mean, obviously you have a beautiful garden, and so that would be a really clear indication, but do you notice that there are other changes that start to happen in your life, whether it's abundance, whether it's just lightness and ease, you know, do you notice that your house feels more protected than than not, I always put like a protection stuff over my home when I leave and I never worry about it. I mean, my, my head voice wants to sometimes, but I go, no, oh, I got the best people for the job. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that you brought up protection because for me, like that's something that we all do together. I ask them for protection and I can trust that my house and my land is going to be protected because of all of the beings that I work with. It's like, this is their space too. And now that we have this relationship, it's like, uh, it's so light here. Yeah. It does feel really light here. It feels so high vibe, yeah. but like the valley around me is just like, it's sad. There's so much trauma in the land still. There's a lot of um, 
historical violent acts, war. Mm. And it's just like, here's my little property that's like glowing and singing. And it's like, oh, I feel like we should work on the rest of the valley now because we're good here now. So I do feel definitely a shift in space. What are some of the things that, you know, our listener at home can do to sort of get started with connecting with their own land? I mean, obviously you do this work as well, where you go and you work with people who, and you connect with their land. And I know through your program, you do that as well. So, you know, that would be a great way to get started, of course, but if they wanted to also get started on their own, what would be maybe some of the the tips or tricks or, or little steps that you would recommend that they start with? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, grounding obviously is like the number one thing that I recommend. And the best way to do that on your own land is to just go lay on your land, like go pancake mm-hmm. on the grass, right? And just intentionally, I call it melting into the earth where you just pretend like your body, this is kind of gross, but you pretend like your body is slowly decomposing and you're returning yourself into the earth and becoming part of that ecosystem and that natural cycle. And then you kind of leave yourself there with the intention of saying, this is me giving myself to you. Like I'm offering a connection here. Can you come and connect with me? Like that's, that's my go-to is like, just, you have to intentionally say, I'm ready to make the connection. And it, it could take five minutes if you wanted to, it doesn't have to be this whole thing or be weird, but that's one thing is to make sure you're forcefully or intentionally putting your energetics into the ground saying I'm ready to work with you and then just let it be for a minute start paying attention to the signs and symbols on the physical level like cloud shapes are going to start coming to you you might see dinosaurs I don't know why that came through dinosaurs in the clouds their guides do uh dragons fairies like shapes in the clouds will start to talk to you the wind is going to start working with you feathers leaves things like that like your your normal signs and symbols from spirit Mm-hmm. are going to start coming to you and they're going to be gifts from the land as a I recognize you mm-hmm. so once you start to pick up those signs and symbols you know pay attention to your dreams um, especially if you're new at this dream state is such a beautiful opportunity for all beings to kind of enter in and introduce themselves to you because you're not you know going through that logical phase of just like nope can't accept that <laughs> so um, after you put your intention out Pay attention to the physical signs, pay attention to your dream state, and then make it a regular practice to just go out there and sit and be intentional and just open your heart and try to stay in the present moment. And I think that will definitely get you started. That's so good. And you know, when you're speaking about that, it was, I was thinking about, you know, how our bodies, for example, we don't spend a lot of time giving back to our bodies. I remember I got really sick with the flu and I had all this pain in my joints. And I remember I, when I was able to shift that, how thankful I was for my ankles that I hadn't spent enough time acknowledging all the work my ankles do. And when they're so strong, how thankful I am for that. And it's sort of the same about where we live, not only in our body, it's about where we live here on the earth, you know, we, our homes are on a piece of land. Mm-hmm. Our gardens are growing fruit or vegetables for us to be able to eat and sustain, you know, a, a high quality of life. And so it just kind of seems like we almost need to really make this a priority to have those connections with 
the land that's supporting us because it's supporting us in the way that our body is as well. Yeah. It's not talked about a lot, is it? So I don't, haven't had a lot of discussions about, you know, like I talk a lot about, you know, different topics, but I haven't had a lot of discussions about being responsible for the connection that you have with the earth that you're living on. Yeah. I think it's so important. Like, I think coming back into our own body is step one, being comfortable, feeling the insides of our body, feel the, feel the weight of your bones, feel the weight of your skin, like your blood, like come into your body and then recognize that you are part of the earth still and kind of just merge those energetics. So I find that people who live in really highly developed locations with a lot of concrete and a lot of buildings find it harder to reconnect it or even to connect with nature at all and it's like you have the sky above you you have your clouds you have the wind you have trees and you have like the wood that your house or building is built on and your desk like that is nature it is maybe utilized nature but it is still nature or like the Mm -hmm. spider in your shower so it's like just finding ways to connect with nature even if you feel stuck or even if you feel like you're not in a wild landscape you don't have to be and so like there is still dirt underneath your building that you can intentionally connect with yeah I think that's so beautiful and it's making me think about how you know when we're on the spiritual path I don't know in your experience but I do a lot of learning So I do a lot of learning and I do a lot of, you know, almost like airy kind of stuff. No, I was going to say airy fairy, but, but like airy. So like really a lot Mm -hmm. of thinking. And I think that, you know, when we can remember about all of the elements and almost bringing in those elements and bringing in those qualities, it really helps us to be a little bit more balanced to be able to navigate here. And so making the land, making your connection to the land, to the earth is really of the utmost importance, isn't it? Because we need it to ground as well so that we're able to process information we're learning and we're able to be here in the moment, which is where our present power is. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we're nearing our end of time. Like it just blinking. It's done. It's, I mean, there's so many different subjects that we really didn't cover today. I mean, clearly we'll have to have a part two at some point where we can maybe delve a little bit more into working with the fairies and the gnomes. But I want to know, you know, is there anything Kara that you wanted to, to speak on today that I, that I didn't give you a chance to talk about? Is there any lasting sort of statement that you want to leave our listener with at home? And and of course, how can people get a hold of you? And I'll put a link to everything in the show notes as well. Yeah, I would just say, I mean, one, always be true to your own heart. I mean, always come back to your heart because your heart knows the way and yeah. it will never fail you. That just moving forward in today's world is just try and find your heart center and really lean into that. And that will open up all possibilities. And also truly that anybody out there can communicate with animals and trees and all of these different beings. It really does just take curiosity. And so um, I just welcome you to try, get curious and see what kind of starts coming forward for you. I love that. That's such a great idea. And for people to want to get a hold of you, you do do land clearings and land support with them. And I know you have a really thorough process that you do to make sure that everything is in alignment for the highest good and that you give people some homework sometimes. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that offering? 
Sure. So it's called Earth Consciousness Healing, and it's multi-layered. It's for the land and home. And basically the stages are, I'll help you. Well, what we'll do is I'll contact you. We'll talk about, you know, what your concerns are. If there's like a room that feels weird, or if you're just moving in and want the energetics of the previous owner to kind of get cleared out or, you know, whatever your concerns are or your desires, or if you're just curious to know kind of what's going on, we'll talk about that. I'll help you identify power spots. If you want to go and just stand there or meditate or get healing energetics, I'll help you find those if they're there. Remove any of the stagnant or maybe not so pleasant energetics that might be stuck. It's a really high vibe your location. And I'll bring forward all of the guardian spirits of place, channel messages that they want to share specifically with you. And then I am offering like human energetic clearing also now, because I find that if there's like really nasty energetics, the people usually have it too, and they just need a really good clearing. So that's an option, but we'll go through, do a really great clearing. And then usually what happens is the guardian spirits are like, well, thanks for working on the energetics, but my people need to do it now. So it is twofold Mm -hmm. and it really helps instill a deep connection to place. And so the guardian spirits will give assignments, like just like you did early, like put the flowers in the corners or Mm -hmm. walk around with a singing bowl, or maybe in this specific location, can you make a crystal grid or a rock grid or a flower something? You know, they always have some kind of request, 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 (laughs) yes, (laughs) to kind of keep Mm -hmm. the momentum going, to keep the vibration high and to help you begin to learn the intricate layers of your own land, which is the whole goal. Like the whole goal is to basically like, I'll help you baby step through it. We'll clear the land, mm-hmm. but I'm going to act as a support team moving forward to help you do it yourself. Like I am a huge advocate to empower other people to learn and to be able to do this themselves. So there's many layers, but it's, it, it has profound effects on the land and home for sure. Mm -hmm. What would the benefits be? Do you think just if you could think of a couple off the top of your head? Yeah. Well, most people that contact me are intuitively connected, energetically sensitive. And they're like, I don't know why, but this one room, for example, like I can't walk into it without swirling or my cat is acting really weird in this room and, or like, People have been sick over and over and over after they they lived in this apartment complex. Like the the gamut covers everything that you could imagine. Mm-hmm. But after a clearing, so far, all of my clients have said that it feels like a dark, dingy blanket has been removed, and it's like they can breathe again, and it's like the air feels clear. Headaches have just disappeared overnight the dizziness has gone one of my clients had horrible night terrors and she said I haven't had them in months ever since the clearing and it's like excellent good (laughs) so yeah the the results are fantastic it just kind of depends on what energetics are there that need to be removed yeah yeah well thank you so much for being here on the show and I look forward to talking to you again thank you so much Lauren Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.